Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the UW Film Club podcast, where each week we invite a member of the club onto the show to talk about a movie of their choosing. Whether that movie be good, bad, topically relevant, or anything between, it's all on the table. I'm one of your hosts, Jim Saunders, and joining the podcast, as always, is Cynthia Lee, Hello. as well as we have a special guest, the first of <laughs> Autumn Quarter, Alex. Well, Hi. depending on when this comes out. <laughs> The first person we've Shoot. met this you know fall quarter. <laughs> <laughs> this is the person we're recording of this fall quarter. It doesn't matter. Sorry about that. <laughs> this, yeah. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. Yeah, my summer was good. Yeah. That's good. That's I think you had my updates all yeah. through the summer. Yeah. <laughs> How does it feel to be back? It's nice. I like it. Oh, it's, yeah. it's tiring. We're recording this like the day before school starts, and mm-hmm. I am not down <laughs> to say the least yeah. but it'll be fun yeah it'll be you know it's it's a stressful time but we still have film club we still yeah. have this podcast new year new new us same us <laughs> new year yeah uh, we're all down with the cliches there yeah so today we are going to be talking about the christopher nolan film the dark knight we just talked about Inception a couple weeks ago as of when we were recording this. So we're continuing the Christopher Nolan trend that yeah. we have not purposely been on, trust us. Christopher Nolan month, but not really. It's kind of relevant, topically relevant as well to when we're recording this. We have mm-hmm. no idea when this is coming out, but when we are recording it, like Joker's coming out in like mm-hmm. a couple weeks. So Yeah, yeah. as well as we'll probably talk about, you know, Heath Ledger to a lot of people myself included, really set the bar so high mm-hmm. with the performance of this character, and so I think a lot of people are just very interested mm-hmm. in what Joaquin Phoenix is going to do with the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of the reason that Joker is so prevalent in our pop culture is because of Heath Ledger's performance. Mm-hmm. For sure, it sort for of sure. really 100%. catapulted that character, um, especially like post the death of Heath Ledger, and I think that taking mm-hmm. on that role is, is such a such like a hardship for a lot of actors mm-hmm. um and after hearing the news about about joker and then it being attached to walking phoenix i think people were really excited about walking phoenix because it's walking phoenix right yeah but then people saw like todd phillips and they're like oh i don't know <laughs> the but guy then, who directed the hangover yeah it, we all thought it was like an odd pick but then uh, it came out a few weeks ago that it just won the won the Golden Lion at the Venice Film Festival. Well, then, now I think... Didn't the guy who wrote Hangover Part 3 make Chernobyl? <laughs> like uh, That's what I heard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Chernobyl, like, Chernobyl is very depressing. Yeah, yeah. It's just funny how you never know. You never know, yeah. so... We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. How Joker turns out. Mm. We're not... Well, we're talking... About we will be talking about Joker the character, but that's not the movie we're going to oh, be yeah, talking about yeah. today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we're, so yeah, as we mentioned, we're talking about The Dark Knight, directed by Christopher Nolan. This is the second in his trilogy of Batman films. Mm-hmm. I, oh, the it's called the Dark Knight trilogy, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, sorry, I'm like really tired right no, now. It's all, it's um, the first being Batman Begins, and then Dark Knight, and then a couple years later, Dark Knight Rises. And then I think for these films, like, Christopher Nolan really set the bar of, like, what... He changed kind of the landscape of what people expected from superhero films until Iron Man came along and then MCU started doing a different thing. Mm -hmm. 
But I think, especially with Warner Brothers, everyone keeps trying... Warner Brothers keeps trying to get that magic back that happened with Batman. Mm-hmm. Where it was like, oh, Batman went really dark and gritty. Let's try to replicate that. And Warner Brothers just has not been able to successfully do that. I was just going to say, I think it's interesting because I believe... The Dark Knight came out in 2008, I think. Yeah, well, I think Iron, Iron Man, Man came out... Same year. Same year, I believe, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And I think those movies share a similarity in that they feel, compared to a lot of superhero stuff, they feel very grounded, in a sense. You mm-hmm. go back and watch mm-hmm. the first Iron Man movie, and it's very, like, even just the special effects are very, like, tactile, mm-hmm. and, like, they tried to kind of keep it, you know, on that kind of realistic level, and that's what Nolan did with his movies, too. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's kind of the... Either what makes this genre of movie, like, succeed, or it's the nail in the coffin. Because mm-hmm. sometimes, mm-hmm. like, I think the the movies that people cite in this genre, like, as coming before Nolan's trilogy, before the MCU, that, like, didn't do so well, were the X-Men movies, you know? <laughs> the X-Men right. movies, which, yeah. Yeah, which, I mean, obviously have been going on for a long time, so they're making some success, obviously, but they were never really, like critically acclaimed and I think mm-hmm. part of the problem with them is that they tried too hard to be like gritty and like they kind of abandoned the the color and vibrancy of those comics and so I think that's interesting it can mm-hmm. go either way I well guess. I mean it really helps that it's Batman I mean the <laughs> character itself is like not a happy time half no, the time he's no. very right. uh, dark and depressing kind of character with a lot of demons and a lot of the villains kind of reflect that as well and so it really works with the dark knight but say something like x-men or even iron man and captain america or like any of those marvel films they have like as you said a color and vibrancy that you i feel like needs to be added where like dark knight kind of thrives in the darkness and lately like warner brothers has tried to replicate that with ben affleck Mm-hmm. Well, now not anymore, <laughs> um, but I think they might be doing that with Robert Pattinson as well. And just nothing has succeeded in the way that this Batman has mm-hmm. in terms of legacy or like any superhero movie that Warner Brothers has put out as much as this film. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting to uh, sort of note the tra- the trajectory that both DC movies and the MCU have taken because I know that. Um, the, the Dark Knight wasn't, like, the start of this of the DC Cinematic Universe or whatever, mm-hmm. but that and Iron Man, which was the what really started the MCU out, um, both came out the same year. And I think with Marvel, it was really interesting to see them, because I feel like they knew how and when to adapt their tones. They knew what stories to tell with what characters. Mm-hmm. They never took themselves, like, too seriously. Mm-hmm. Not saying that they shouldn't for some stories, because... For a story like Captain America the Winter Soldier, they needed to be more grounded. Mm-hmm. But they also knew when to tell more lighthearted stuff, like when to do like Thor Ragnarok mm-hmm. later later down the line and stuff like that. Whereas I think with DC, they just were so desperately trying to recreate what Christopher Nolan achieved with the Dark Knight trilogy without really understanding what made that work. And I mm-hmm. feel like because... like. That tone, the, the tone that's within all the Dark Knight movies, is so fitting for the Batman character, but not necessarily something for, like... like Superman yeah, or Wonder Woman. Yeah. I think when they brought on Zack Snyder to do, like, the, the Man of Steel thing, they really tried to make it that same brooding yeah. uh, tone that the Dark Knight trilogy was, but it didn't, it, it didn't really have that same effect or mm-hmm. wasn't, you know... It didn't really settle well with audiences as much. Yeah, and I think, like, Zack Snyder is... It's such a 
maximalist in the way he does things, that even mm-hmm. when that gritty tone was then moved over to Batman with, like, Batman v Superman, the Justice League and whatnot, it's like he tried to do, yeah, kind of mimic the style of the Dolan things, but then, like, took it too far, almost. Instead mm-hmm. of just being, like, realistic and grounded, it was, like, super, super dark and super, like, moody and, you know... In the Nolan trilogy, Batman isn't, like... Uh, what's the word? Like, brooding constantly often, like a dark mm-hmm. corner. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... There's more nuance to it than that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, I definitely think it's, like, Warner... I mean, it's Batman, com- if you compare that with, like, Marvel. I mean, Marvel, the MCU started because they picked out the things they didn't sell off to other people, where mm. yeah. the Dark Knight is, like, Batman. That's, like... Right. Everyone knows what Batman is. When mm-hmm. Iron Man came out, like, no one knew what Iron Man was. So there definitely was, like... I feel like Warner Brothers felt the pressure on them, where... No one knew what Iron Man was, so Marvel can kind of do whatever the fuck they wanted. And I think because of the legacy that Nolan did, and especially, I mean, it's Christopher Nolan. He's, like, one of the greatest directors right now living. Mm-hmm. So, like, replicating what he does is will take takes Christopher Nolan to replicate and not anyone else. Maybe Jonathan Nolan, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it kind of sucks for Warner Brothers that... I mean, it's great that, that, like, the Dark Knight trilogy kind of happened and made Warner Bros. really successful, but I also was, I think that's, like, also the downfall of Warner Brothers because mm-hmm. the way they thought about movies kind of switched. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's good for them now that they realize that they can just, like, do their own thing. They don't have to always try to replicate Christopher Nolan. I think they're just really struggling with, like, they want to kind of do what MCU does, have their own universe, but they're mm-hmm. also still stuck with the we want to recreate Christopher Nolan, and you can't get both. Like, Christopher the, Nolan signed up for three mm-hmm. so he can get out and yeah, do more right. stuff. Yeah, and Batman, I think, works so much well, or so much better as a self-contained character and not mm-hmm. as part of a greater universe. Yeah. And I mean, he, Batman has so many villains. Yeah. So yeah. many villains. He, did, he doesn't need that. Like, he doesn't need this And he's, like, to... not supernatural in a way. Yeah. Exactly. So that also is another thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like, not to, like, spend too much time talking about, like, the, the current crop of DC movies, but clearly there is, like, such a lack of direction. Mm-hmm. Like, no one knows if they're trying to, like, you know, do what the MCU is doing yeah. or if doing what Nolan was doing, like... There's, yeah, there's no guiding vision to all of that in the same mm-hmm. way that Nolan, given us three movies to make, mm-hmm. can make something mm-hmm. that's so uniquely him. Yeah. And even though I think they're, well, this will be like my closing thoughts on this. Even though I think they're on the right track, I wasn't a particularly big fan of like Aquaman and Shazam was all right. But at least they're not going for that brooding, just dark tone that the other ones, the um, yeah. other DCEU mm-hmm. movies are going for. I'm excited for Robert Pattinson, so... I yeah, is that uh, is that actually going to be part of the cinematic universe? I don't know. I think what they're this is when I, when I say lack of direction. I think what they're doing now is that they're just independent movies that maybe loosely reference each other, but aren't yeah, actually like like how Shazam had like Superman. a Superman newspaper on the wall, so like to acknowledge yeah. that like they are there. But yeah, I think that's the better way to go around mm-hmm. that instead of just trying to like replicate the Nolan mm-hmm. thing while also trying to do the. MCU thing at the same time. Mm-hmm. The Dark Knight, as we said, is <laughs> a film from 2008. It's directed by Christopher Nolan, uh, written by Jonathan and Christopher Nolan. It picks off a 
couple years? Not a couple years. Like, a couple months? I don't know. I feel like the time well, Batman Begins ends with him showing Batman, like, the Joker card. He's like, yeah, there's a new guy yeah. on the street. So it can't be that long, I imagine. After a certain know. amount of time, yeah. basically, <laughs> from Batman Begins. Basically, the Joker has now kind of risen. He's this villain that... Uh, the entry of Joker in this movie is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, Joker has come and he's kind of this like wild card villain. He kind of just does whatever he wants. He there's like he has plans but doesn't have plans as well. Like he'll mm-hmm. change them once and around. Batman, played by Christian Bale, kind of doesn't really know how to handle Joker because he's never seen something quite like this villain who doesn't. Doesn't seem like he has motivation, but also seems like he has motivation. He doesn't behave rationally. Yeah, and doesn't Mm -hmm. really... Yeah. And so, basically the whole movie is just Batman trying to catch up to Joker and trying to figure out who the hell this character is, while Joker, over the series of the movie, enacts different kind of terrorist attacks around Gotham City. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. Oh, yeah, and another really important character is Harvey Dent. Right. Who is the district attorney of Gotham City who initially, like, really believes in Batman and is the only person that isn't really getting bought off in Gotham City. And he actually believes, like, oh, Falcone should be in prison. These people should be in prison. I'm going to give Batman the leeway to do so because Batman, throughout... The character, like, the character's arc in almost every single movie, like, Gotham hates Batman. Like, they think he should be, or or not everyone, but the police think Batman should be arrested. And so there's this conflict between the government and Batman as well. Mm -hmm. As Batman and the villains that he's trying to beat up. Because he doesn't doesn't kill people. That's also another moral flaw that pops up. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's pretty much the plot. Yeah, and... Yeah, it really is just like a like a cat and mouse chase kind of between mm-hmm. between Joker and and Batman, where Joker is just this chaotic force that can't be reckoned with or understood, mm-hmm. and also is a force that kind of exists because of Batman. Mm-hmm. He like he'll stop if Batman kills, but yeah. Batman doesn't kill, so he's yeah. gonna keep going. Right. Yeah, I think that's one of the most. One of the more clever things that this movie does with the Joker character is that you don't ever know his, like, real name. You don't know his backstory. You don't know where he came from. He's this, like, almost mythic entity that Mm -hmm. just kind of shows up. And when he says that he's... He proclaims himself as an agent of chaos, you're like, I kind of... I believe that. You're Mm -hmm. just kind of an embodiment of an idea. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The embodiment of, like, the totally opposite moral idea of Batman. And that's why... I mean, I think... Just in general, the movie is about Batman trying to grasp that a type of person like this can exist. It's like the total opposite of everything that Batman believes in, yet he just can't grasp how this person can exist. And it's, I think it's really, this movie just really emphasizes like what is bad and what is good, essentially Mm -hmm. like the good and the bad between everyone, Mm -hmm. which is kind of something that Nolan likes to dabble with a lot or like ask like flirting in very loaded themes and questions that end up making people question their whole belief system right. in a way yeah. that's that's literally what i was thinking in preparing for this podcast i was like well how do i like interpret this movie and i think it's exactly that and like the way that 
the Joker's presence, like, disrupts all of Gotham and, like, the mm-hmm. entire city kind of goes insane. I think this... Nolan's intent with this movie was to do the same thing to the audience and, mm-hmm. like, give no clear answers but make you start to question things that you just kind of take for granted, mm-hmm. like our ideas of morality and justice. Mm-hmm. I mean, this movie is... What's interesting about this movie is it's not really about Batman in a way, though. Like, it's more about Batman's reaction. I feel like the star of it is, like... Joker and Harvey Dent kind of focuses more on... Or Harvey Dent is, like, the -the on-the-nose theme of what can you do when you're good and what what Mm -hmm. trips someone to become bad. Mm -hmm. And then Joker is just this chaotic force enacting everything. But it's so strange because Batman isn't that... I mean, he's present, but also it feels like he's not that present in this film. Yeah, I've always kind of said that Batman's the least interesting character in this movie. Like, yeah, I agree. I agree. And that's, yeah, that's like a common problem, I think, with Batman in adaptations and stories with Batman is that his villains tend to be so good that they overshadow, like, Batman as a character. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, I think you can can even go back to, like, Tim Burton's Batman. Mm -hmm. And I think people more remember that for Jack Nicholson's Joker than for Michael Michael Keaton's, like, Yeah, I mean, no one's going to be like, oh, yeah, Christian Bale is the Batman. If we made more Batmans, then Christian Bale has to be Batman. Yeah. Where... I mean, we just talked about it. The Joker film, everyone's Heath Ledger is Joker or Jack Nicholson is Joker. Yeah. No one's really, like, no one is really debating Robert Bat- Pattinson. Oh my God, I keep saying Pattinson because <laughs> I just like the play on words. Pattinson. I mean, everyone's excited that Robert Pattinson is playing Batman. No one's really being like, Christian Bale needs to be Batman. Yeah. Though Christian Bale's interpretation of Batman the dark, the really deep voice kind of bothers me. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it's just, I find it interesting that Batman is just not centrally focused in The Dark Knight. And the two main, as I mentioned before, like, Joker's really good. Heath Ledger has a stunning performance. It's very, very, very scary. Mm -hmm. But then I think the other focus is on Harvey Dent, and I just don't think the Harvey Dent character is good enough to carry this film. Mm. And that's kind of where I think I have a problem with The Dark Knight because it focuses so much on Harvey Dent on the last yeah. act and he just does not Aaron Eckhart plays Harvey Dent he just does not deliver it for me in my opinion I don't know yeah. about you two mm-hmm. well I I think in the same way that Batman is just there to sort of be that figure to be in the background Harvey's like not really that person but it's like just more to represent like that idea that like, these normal, quote-unquote, like, good people can be turned and corrupted. Well, yeah, like, like, like how in the movie they use him as the face, right? right. It, mm-hmm. I think he's used as the face in this movie, mm-hmm. but I just, at being a face, you want more out of your character, and he just seems like this knight in shining armor that has no complexity other than the fact that he lost his face and lost the person that he loved at the end and then just became this villain because of that like just in one snap he just became super insane and just it didn't feel right because i just never felt that he could Mm -hmm. just snap Mm -hmm. like that it just didn't seem like a natural progression because i just didn't get anything from harvey dent in the first two acts of the movie i think nolan really wanted to present him as like this is the knight in shining armor and you can corrupt him with bad ideals like 
this struggle between good and bad. Yeah. And I think he's just so black and white that mm-hmm. that progression of turning to like something gray or even black just didn't work for me. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Because to me, like, Aaron Eckhart, I've always, I've enjoyed Aaron Eckhart's performance in this, and I think he does, I think he does a good job personally. But, like, I see exactly what you're saying, because when you have this, these characters, like, Joker is, like, this absolute, like, embodiment of chaos and evil mm-hmm. and whatnot, and you need the polar opposite to that. You need mm-hmm. this, like, perfectly good person. But I think the pro- part of the problem with that is... Like, somebody who's super chaotic and evil, like, the Joker, that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. That's very scary. It really evokes something in mm-hmm. you. Like you said about Heath Ledger's performance is terrifying. Mm-hmm. The same can't be said about someone who's super, super good. Mm-hmm. Because that just comes across as boring a lot of the time. But even, like, him being presented as really, really good, you still don't even get, like, a hint of, like, oh, he can be a little bad or he can think of, like, wanting to... Do something well there is like the, the one throwaway there. line where they're like oh they, they call you they call me two-face at the office or whatever yeah, well, oh, there was, yeah. that really isn't anything well now that, now that i think about it there is also that scene before his whole snap when he i think it's with the like would-be assassin of the mayor or whatever that he like pulls aside and like threatens and then Batman shows up and is like, don't do that no like oh so i think that it kind of does tease towards like there is some aggression inside him. He has uh, this, like, when he feels threatened or when he feels like the people around him are threatened, he can kind of snap a little bit, but... Mm-hmm. It just yeah. doesn't seem... Maybe I, want, I mean, needed you, more You see that, it. like, a little bit in... Even though he, like, was doing a good at late in the courtroom when the guy pulls the gun. Yeah. Oh, you can, yeah. You can kind of see that, bits of a, that bit of aggression in him. and I just felt like it was more of an ego thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I say that about the courtroom scene, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, like, a violent insecurity. I don't know. I just feel like his his turn is more of, like, this insecurity and anger mm-hmm. that I just never felt from him, from yeah. Aaron Eckhart's performance. And I guess that's, like, my overall... Yeah, just... Harvey Dent is so much in this movie. Mm-hmm. He is very much the central... He, Nolan uses him as the device to invoke what he's trying to talk about in the movie of the struggle of good and bad. And I just think he doesn't really deliver it in a way that yeah. I want him to. Not to say, like, the movie is bad. It's just, like... Well, no, if, like, if... He's definitely the crux of, yeah. like, the significance of this movie. Yeah. You know? and, and so, if it... Yeah, I can see exactly if it doesn't quite, like... If it doesn't, like, quite work for you, how can that can change your entire kind mm-hmm. of impression of it 100%. yeah how do we feel about because this one this topic is always brought up when i when we talk when you talk about batman because in batman begins um another really important character is rachel dawes maggie gyllenhaal's character right. how do we feel about first maggie gyllenhaal over <laughs> elizabeth holmes and then second I guess, because this is a spoiler podcast, like, the death of Rachel Dawes. Because in my opinion, I feel like the movie should have ended when she died. Hmm. I didn't really need that extra act of the boats. <laughs> I think the the part with the boats is, like, the... I really enjoy that scene. I really enjoy that scene, yeah. too. I think that scene adds a lot of, like... I think thematic complexity to it a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's like maybe we can, we can come back to that later. But yeah, about Rachel Dawes, 
Yeah, yeah. Because she's it, like the symbol of hope in this movie, especially for Batman. Because yeah. Batman or Chris, ugh, Batman slash Bruce Wayne is like the only reason, he, or not the only reason he does it, but like the only thing that keep that will make him stop doing yeah, Batman is her. is her, and he holds on to that, knowing that yeah. she will be waiting there for her after he's done with figuring out himself. Yeah, and that's a, there's a really interesting dynamic with that, which is that while he's thinking that she's in this relationship with Harvey Dent, and there's a part that kind of, I feel like you kind of forget about because it kind of gets overshadowed by all the other big stuff, mm-hmm. but she leaves Bruce Wayne a letter, and in the letter, the Alfred he, Alfred reads it, and she says, like, I'm going to marry Harvey Dent. Yeah, please and then, do not wait for me. Yeah, 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 and then he burns that letter, and there's a moment when Bruce Wayne's like, she was going to wait for me, like, she was going to be... She was going to dump him or whatever. I can't remember his exact words. And I think that's really interesting that Rachel Dawes to the character of Bruce Wayne is almost like this this idealization of mm-hmm. like, yeah, we were like childhood friends. We were always supposed to end up together. That's going to that's gonna mm-hmm. be how it works out, you know? And maybe it, maybe it's a half-baked idea, but maybe it means something that Rachel Dawes' death affected Harvey Dent so much more than it seems to have affected Bruce Wayne. Well, now it's just like, because what I find throughout all of these Batman, Christopher Nolan films is there's also this idea of obsession, or not obsession, but like trying to figure out your identity. Like, is Bruce Wayne more Batman? I mean, in the end of Batman Begins, um, when (laughs) Rachel Dawes was Elizabeth Holmes, there's that one line where it's like, oh, Bruce Wayne is your cover, is not who you are. That's your cover-up. Batman is who you are. Mm-hmm. And until you lose the cover-up and... Or lose... It's like yeah. until you discard Batman and then, like, try to fi- figure out your identity, yeah. I can't be with you. Because, like, Batman, although he's, like, a savior... Honestly, like, he's, he's like, this heroic figure. It's also yeah. this very violent, deathly, deadly person yeah who yeah. kind of breaks a lot of rules to even though he saves the gotham city all most of the time breaks a lot of rules doing so and so i i've always seen that throughout these throughout the dark knight trilogy it's always been a struggle between trying to figure out who you are and like is bruce wayne batman or bruce wayne bruce wayne yeah is he the little kid who lost his parents or the vigilante who's like breaking people's legs, you know? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think part of the reason, that's part of the reason that Batman doesn't really stand out so much as a character in, mm-hmm. like, in this movie. And I think in, like, I'd say he missed all, all of the... the I think he stands movies. out in Batman Begins. I yeah. really like Batman Begins. I feel like that's a hot take, but I, <laughs> I really like Batman Begins. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Batman Begins, I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, but I think part of... Part of the reason he kind of takes, he kind of goes to the back burner sometimes is because of that. Like, the character I think intentionally is written where there's like such a blurry line between Batman and Bruce mm-hmm. Wayne, and like, yeah, the idea of Bruce Wayne is actually his cover is really reflected in the Dark Knight, where most of the scenes as Bruce Wayne, he's not being genuine. Yeah, he's just like pl- putting on this whole act or whatever, mm-hmm. and so you get very little glimpses into like what's actually going on in his mind mm-hmm. you know most of the time he just acts as as batman he kind of acts me. as like this reactor reactor to the joker in a mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. would i don't know if batman could even serve as the 
like the audience surrogate, would you say? Not really. No, no not really. I feel like if anything, that's Commissioner Gordon. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, was just, I totally forgot about Commissioner yeah. Gordon. Because oh I was God. thinking about him, like, how does he fit into all this? And, yeah. like, he really doesn't. He just kind of... He is the audience. He is the audience. He's, He's just like kind of along guy for the ride. Who be- yeah, who... Because I, I'm in the audience, it's like you believe in Batman. You think yeah, he's doing yeah. it right because you kind of get a bigger picture than all of Gotham City. But yeah. Oh, yeah. I do actually want to know the answer to this. I posted it a little earlier. Elizabeth Holmes or Maggie Gyllenhaal as Rachel I Dawes? I haven't seen Batman Begins in a while. Mm-hmm. so Or not Elizabeth yeah. Holmes. Holy shit. I've been saying Elizabeth Holmes the whole time. It's Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes and <laughs> Maggie Gyllenhaal. My bad. But yeah, do you have an opinion or no? I I, I haven't seen Batman Begins in forever, so I, mm-hmm. I I can't really say. I mean, she's she's so important in this movie. I feel like her death is so important. Yet my opinion, I don't know, because I like the boat sequence is very. It seems so odd, but also. I get why it's there to like emphasize the themes, but it just doesn't go with the flow that well in my opinion it kind of just feels like it got attached on really that's interesting yeah i don't know because you guys both said you really like the end boat scene i think that was just a really good cap to joker's ideology right like, i think that was like the, the that was like the real like nail in the coffin like okay this is what he like really stands for because they pose they Dude, pose, they pose this that, ultimate... what, what's that what's the psychology experiment it's basically the train right i think it's it's not it's the prisoner's dilemma. Oh, the prisoner. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty much that, where they have a a, a a boat of prisoners and a boat of just ordinary people headed out of Gotham City, and then they have the detonator, um, and if someone on the boat detonates that bomb, it'll blow up the other ship. And so there's this whole thing where the normal people are, a lot of them wanted to, to blow up the other ship, Mm-hmm. Um, and save themselves um, because, like, oh, these are quote-unquote bad people. They had their chance, but does that really make them, like, moral because if they're that willing to kill the other people to save themselves, there's the whole just moral gray area that that Joker presents. So I think that that scene, more than I think, like, a good portion of them really, like, poses that and shows Joker's, like, true ideology. Yeah, and I think what's what's interesting about that scene to me is that you pose something like that in the movie, and then you have to, as the director and the writer, you have to decide how that works out. Like, what choice do they make? Right. And for Nolan, it was that both of them make the choice to not detonate the other shit, mm-hmm. which shows, I think, that throughout all the different, like, ideologies and ideas that this movie presents, it seems like there is this undercurrent of, like, of faith in humanity. Mm-hmm. Like, that mm-hmm. is, like, they ultimately make a it's it's difficult to say whether that's the more moral choice but they make the more i guess generous choice like they they choose to like let them both die and that's what they were expecting was going to happen Mm -hmm. and so like effectively the joker is proven wrong in that moment Mm -hmm, like he wanted to see like ooh, let's watch one of them blow up the other and then nolan presents another idea of harvey dent because harvey dent was supposed to be this faith face of the face of humanity and he totally just blows off the cap Mm -hmm. and that's why it feels so weird in my opinion Mm. maybe i just don't like nolan asking so many loaded questions 
I think the ending is really, I, I really like the ending. I think the ending is really interesting because, um, I agree. basically they want to pose him as this hero, even though he wasn't to be like at the end because like the faith in humanity had, had been restored and he had been like this white knight, this beacon of hope mm-hmm. for Gotham and they wanted it to keep the, to stay that way. And he totally broke it. Yeah. And so that presents, like, another idea, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It, for me, it just seems so... Maybe... I don't know. Maybe you have to rewatch it again. It, it's tricky because I think this movie definitely doesn't give, like, one clear, like, this is how you interpret this. This is, like, the message or whatever. Mm-hmm. It asks a lot of questions. And I think movies that do that it kind of goes one of two ways. They either are doing that very, like, intentionally and artfully and it's kind of meaningful Mm -hmm. or just means that the movie is kind of aimless, you know, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't really know what it's trying to say. Mm -hmm. And I think... Depending on how you saw it, you're either thinking aimless or... Or artsy. Artsy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I I don't think it's aimless because I get what Nolan is trying to do, but I don't know. Just something feels off about this. Yeah. Compared to, like, the first time I saw it. Mm-hmm. I thought this movie was super good when I first saw it. And then I rewatched it, like, a week or two ago. And I was like, hmm. Yeah, I haven't had the chance to rewatch it fully recently. But earlier today, I watched that final scene with mm-hmm. Harvey Dent, Commissioner Gordon, and, and Batman. Like, the three of them. And that scene, I watched it, and I was like, huh. I remember this scene being a little less heavy-handed. It's pretty, yeah. Like, I feel like yeah. they're very openly just, like... This is my ideology. This is mine. This is mine. And I was thinking, like, maybe I need to watch the entire movie up until this point, and it feels like it fits more, because I just watched that scene, and it's in its isolation. But I think, to me personally, that still works, because I don't think that's the end-all, be-all of, like, they're explaining what this movie means, and then that's the end of things, because Mm -hmm. things are still kind of complicated. Like, Batman isn't... Batman takes down Harvey Dent in the end and kind of saves saves Commissioner Gordon's son, but he's not a wholly good person in and of himself. Mm-hmm. He's kind of... Him and Joker are definitely, like, two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Batman is definitely insane. Yeah. And he's going around breaking people's legs. And he just doesn't acknowledge that. I think, for yeah. me, that's, like, a really, like, moral crux with all these films. It's just, like, Batman does not acknowledge that he is actually doing some very terrifying things. Exactly. Because he thinks he... Because he thinks he's doing it for the greater good. Where Joker clearly explicitly knows, like, yeah. I'm doing shitty things like you, and I'm doing it for the bad, because mm-hmm. I can't, because mm-hmm. that's what I mm-hmm. believe in. And there's that part right at the beginning of the movie when he takes down those, like, faux Batman vigilantes. Oh, yeah. And I ask him, like, what's the difference between you and me? And he makes some joke about the hockey pads or whatever. <laughs> and it's, like, a funny moment, but then you stop and realize he didn't answer the question. Like, yeah. Batman doesn't have an answer to that question, what's the difference between yeah. you and me? Mm-hmm. It's almost like... Like, the whole movie is saying that he hopes Gotham doesn't need Batman at some yeah. point. And it's almost like he's saying, like, like he knows that what he's doing is wrong. It's messed up. He has no authority to declare himself the one and only vigilante. Mm-hmm. But that this seems to be what Gotham needs, and he'll just do it as long as it's necessary. Mm-hmm. And I think there's... I think that's kind of flawed reasoning. Yeah, almost, that's very... Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 for sure. And it's almost... It's like a... I think not a fundamental problem with the Batman character, but one that's very difficult, that makes it very Too difficult grass. to approach sometimes. Yeah. yeah, because, like, I feel like directors either, they just touch on it briefly, and they're like, oh, yes, make a, a point or two about how Batman shouldn't be just like, like, oh, he doesn't kill people, but he causes them, like, severe brain injury mm-hmm. or whatever. But 
it, it's it's difficult to like really go all the way and be like, no, let's actually examine this because it's still a superhero movie. And yeah. like superheroes beat people up all the time. Like mm-hmm. if you go too far, does that kind of start to lose the fun of it? Mm-hmm. If you're sitting there going, man, this is like, like what are the moral implications of this? Yes. It's like, do you want to put stakes on it or not? You know, exactly. of mm-hmm. something that's kind of, because especially with Batman, because as you said, Batman often is very grounded and very feels real. And so like, putting stakes on something that feels real is very terrifying, especially yeah. in the superhero genre where everyone kind of feels like, oh, I mean, there's stakes, but, like, fun stakes, and mm-hmm. we know it's fictional. Yeah, Or exactly. someone like Batman and kind of the whole grasp of the character has been like, this is a very real and gritty thing. Yeah. It's very scary to be like, we're putting stakes on like, people like these, and mm-hmm. you have to rely on people like this to yeah. determine your everyday outcome. Yeah, and speaking of, of stakes, this movie does something that I think is is really, really interesting. This is an idea that was I read or watched somewhere, I can't remember where, but it's the idea of, like, this movie succeeds in kind of the, the later parts of it and, like, the final act because it lowers the stakes to raise the tension. Like, mm-hmm. Joker's final plan in the end with the boats, he's not going to, like, blow up the world, he's not going to try to take over the world, but he's going to maybe blow up boatfuls of people mm-hmm. and given everything that's happened in the movie at that point if you're watching it for the first time you're like that could happen like that could be something that happens in this very dark and like movie where he's committing all these terrorist attacks all over the place and killing so many people and so that makes it feel all the more real you know well i think it also i think that final act i mean i think it works like I don't think it lowers the stakes because throughout the whole film, it's always presented as, like, this is Batman's fault. Everything is Batman's mm-hmm. fault because if he just turned himself in, Joker would stop. Yeah, yeah, and I say, I say lower... And so this is more of, like, a more tarnish on Batman's reputation because it's so mixed in Gotham City. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean, to be clear, I don't mean, like, lower the stakes in the context of the movie. I think in the trope of, like superhero movies or action movies compared to others where the stakes at the end are the world's gonna end Mm -hmm. and you know that that's not gonna happen because Mm -hmm. how can Mm -hmm. a movie like this end that way Mm -hmm. this is like it's different the stakes are a little bit more like yeah personal it's about Mm -hmm. Batman's reputation it's about the fate of Gotham City Mm -hmm. and that feels just a little bit more tense because of it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's not about like him destroying the universe it's about him proving his point Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. about his his worldview. And in the end, he kind of does. They have to cover up what happened to Harvey Dent because... Yeah, mm-hmm. because they don't... They need someone to believe in. Exactly. And exactly. Harvey Dent can't be seen as this guy who went insane because mm-hmm. he was their knight in shining armor. Right. There's kind of this motif of, of blissful ignorance with mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. with Alfred burning a letter. It's like, should... I think what the movie, should be exposed and what should not? What yeah. do we choose to believe in and what mm-hmm. do we not? I mean, it's exactly. all throughout these dark... That's, that's a huge theme trilogy. in, like, that's all, the, of all of them. Exactly. Where it's like, what do we want to believe in and what do we not want to be? Yeah. Like, Bruce, am I, like, should I believe that I'm Batman, I'm this vigilante mm-hmm. hero? Or yeah. should I just believe in the people around me? Yeah. Or, like, even the people are like, oh, we choose to believe in Batman, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. though he's also doing all these really bad things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a question of, like, like, how far do you go? Mm-hmm. Like, there's the the whole thing with the sonar where he like invades the entire city's privacy in order yeah. to catch the Joker. Yeah, it's like, yeah I totally yeah. forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, that's that. a whole thing that happens. And like, yeah, there's just this this whole question of like, 
it seems that the Joker's point has been proven that, like, chaos is the natural state of humanity. Everyone has evil inside them. It just mm-hmm. takes, like, one push. And I guess the question is, should people be willing to accept that? Or should mm-hmm. you kind of hide that and just try to, like, you know, put the blame on something else? Kind of mm-hmm. the way Batman becomes this, like, martyr at the end. Mm-hmm. They all start chasing after him. Mm-hmm. It's like, do we, do we need that as people? Are we just unable to face the facts, I guess. Yeah, for sure. I think that's really interesting. Honestly, like, just throughout Nolan's filmography, it's like, we present you a black and a white, but really what I'm trying to tell you guys is there's a gray. Explore it. Yeah. Yeah. That's just just kind of the vibe I get from all Nolan films. Yeah. It really is. (laughs) Yeah, I'll just, I'll say, like, also, like, I really like this movie, obviously. Mm-hmm. I think I just, like, on, like, a technical level, so you know, more things to talk about, like, the soundtrack, obviously. Is oh, very, Hans Zimmer. It's so good. And, like, to bring a particular spotlight to the, the Joker's theme in it, which mm-hmm. is just, like, two notes or, like, something like that, just, like, played and sounds so, like, discordant. Mm-hmm. And it's just, yeah, it really perfectly matches the tone of what that character is trying to convey. Mm-hmm. And I guess one of their quick thing to add yeah yeah yeah. i just i just think it's interesting in thinking about this movie how much like we talked about how heath ledger's performance of the joker really set this standard Mm -hmm. and it's so iconic and like it's kind of a shame that it almost feels like this character like this joker has been co-opted by so many people who are like oh yeah the joker was right or like the joker oh yeah and like use him for these like like you see those so many like weird like opinions that people have with like yeah. the joker as a backdrop because they think they're yeah. being like really edgy or like mm-hmm. against the grain of society and oh, i think yeah, that's sure. it's such a weird situation and kind of a shame because to me at least i don't think the point of the character huh? yeah for sure Keep yeah yeah, yeah i just I, like i don't think the point of the character is like oh yeah the joker is a good villain because he has a point mm-hmm. like he doesn't have a point he's insane mm-hmm. it's just the way that he asks he, like, begs these questions of the protagonist mm-hmm. that changes things. But, like, he's a terrifying, terrifying character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you... Yeah. Yeah. And Nolan's not, like, saying oh, the Joker is right. I think Nolan, if no. anything, is like, this guy is fucked up. Mm-hmm. And his mm-hmm. ideology is very fucked up. Mm-hmm. But you kind of have to think more. Yeah. Rather than just take it at face value. Everything mm-hmm. at face value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's always going to be a problem with the Joker character. Yeah. Which is why I'm very interested in the Joker movie. Yeah. <laughs> and how yeah. they handle it's that. It's so interesting that a lot of people are like... Because everyone is like, oh, what, who is the villain? Who is the mm-hmm. best villain out there? It's always the Joker right. as this character. And he's always kind of put on a pedestal mm-hmm. of villains that a lot of people find so intriguing. But yeah. That's kind of scary to think about. It if is you find this character intriguing because yeah. he's kind of... Up. Yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of favorite villains are like that. I immediately think of also the villain. I can't remember his name from a uh, No Country for Old Men. Oh yeah. He's um, a very similar character who's just. Why like, am I blanking on his name? Oh, Anton Shergrun. That's what it is. Yeah. 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 And he's also very. He's a very similar character, and it's like, yeah. I wonder what it is about characters that are absolutely insane. Yeah. Like, that kind of just inspire people to be interested. Right. I think that's a good note to end on. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I think it's kind of just like that morbid curiosity gets to a lot of people. I, and again, I think it's I think it's really interesting like how taking on that role really affects like your mental state. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, everyone expect like Joaquin Phoenix. Everyone knows he's kind of already a little. Yeah. A little crazy. <laughs>
And, like, you hear the stories, like, what Jared Leto did to, like... I was gonna say, I think... Be in that, quote-unquote, be in that character. Yeah, that's, I, like, very disgusting. Yeah, I think... Gosh. I was gonna say, I think Jared Leto wanted to go insane, yeah, but wasn't. Yeah. So he really, like, Oh, my I'm God. Crazy. Speaking of Jared Leto, this is totally off-topic, and we should probably end the podcast soon, but there was this weird picture I saw on Instagram where... The he's, cult thing? Yeah, the cult thing. Yeah, what is he's that? like, I'm the cult leader, and everyone's like, wow, Jared Leto really wants his own Midsummer. Yeah, <laughs> no, literally... Because it looked like Midsummer. I don't know what the context of that was but yeah. they're like now it's lay at my feet and everyone's like oh haha this is so funny and quirky but it's and then really he posted disturbing. it on instagram he's like i am your leader or something it's, like that. Yeah. it was weird that so, was weird yeah, i don't Jared know what's going on weird. with that guy <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you people definitely shouldn't aim to be like the joker because <laughs> he's a well first yeah. off he's a fictional character <laughs> with you know a shitty terrible worldview but also just, like, I think it's interesting that you, you, you point that out because uh, I've read some reviews already of the Joker movie. Right. And I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitantly excited. No spoilers. I'm hesitantly <laughs> excited to, to see it and to see what they do with it. But it's also, like... I just hope they don't glorify him. That's you know? exactly yeah. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's totally the word. Like, I, I, I don't want them to, to glorify his actions. I And it, it'll be interesting to see, like, how sympathetic they make him because mm-hmm. I... It, I feel like that's just gonna make that's it. gonna make it yeah, not. and it's that's yeah because that's the problem of having a a bad character or not like bad like morally bad character as your protagonist. Mm-hmm. It's such a like a difficult line to tell. You see the same problem with Fight Club, mm-hmm. with um, what's his name, Brad Pitt's character. Mm-hmm. Like it, where so many people idolize that character because he's like, just, like super aggro. Yeah, he's super like aggressive and masculine, and they just kind of. Like, the satire of it just goes over their heads completely. We, we always talk about this because we think Christopher Nolan is a hella bro, bro director. <laughs> but who's even more a bro director is David Fincher. And yeah. the ultimate bro film is Fight Club. And yeah. we think everyone likes Fight Club for the wrong reasons. <laughs> no, 100%. Yeah. 100%. And yeah. it becomes, like, a, it's a tricky thing of, like, did the movie then just not go far enough? Or is it on the audience to, like, yeah, understand? for you sure. Know? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, I just realized I shrugged, but they can't see me, so. <laughs> so I guess, yeah, that, that that's it. That's our closing thoughts, I guess. Yeah. 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 I might have to rewatch this again, mainly because, like, when I rewatched it a couple weeks ago, I was like, it wasn't as good as I thought it was. What? But who knows? Like, mm. maybe it was just the day I watched it, and I was just like, I'm not feeling it. I mean, if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I rewatched it last night. And it was, like, the first... Really, like, the second time I've ever watched this movie. Really? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I watched it a few years ago, and I think I had this the kind of same reaction as Cynthia, where I, I loved it when I first saw it, and I had a couple gripes with it well, this time. Well, Heath Ledger is just so good. I, for me, really? I feel like Heath Ledger's performance is, like, the main dominating factor, but 100%. if you take, the, take him out... Because I, what I kind of did my second time watching, I was like, okay, I'm going to take him out and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that kind of just happened for me. I was like, mm-hmm. oh. Yeah. There it's are very... some weird things going on. Yeah. And there's very, some it's... very heavy-handed actions. Yeah. Not to say that, you know, the film falls apart without him. Oh, yeah. Without it him. doesn't. Yeah. But, but it's just, I think it's really interesting and also kind of a smart move by, by Nolan and, I mean, obviously, um, Heath Ledger as well. Because his performance is just so dominating, and just even though he's not in it for a lot of it, mm-hmm. I think he, no, someone yeah, says it's like he's like, like in thirty minutes, thirty minutes of the yeah, film. Yeah, this movie is two yeah. and a half hours. Yeah, and that just yeah. shows like 
the impact of the writing and the performance that, mm-hmm. like, I mean, even now in this podcast, we spent most of the time not even just talking about, like, this specific Joker, but about the Joker as a whole. Mm-hmm. Because, like you say, that people always put the Joker on up on this pedestal as, like, one of the great villains of all time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's 100%, I mean, maybe 90% because of this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think you would say the same thing about Jack Nicholson's Joker. It's also a great performance, but it's not like, oh, this is such a good villain. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just, like, the Joker. He's this crazy, kooky guy. Yeah. Yeah, I think... I think him being the embodiment of chaos is really pre- is really smartly presented through this film because mm-hmm. it's like whenever he's on screen, he so radically just just mm-hmm. changes everything around him. Mm-hmm. I mean, even um, his one story about how he has the scars—it's yeah. like different each time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm all ref- these sadistic stories. Mm-hmm. And how can some guy just think of it on the yeah, phone? Sadistic, about just that. terrible. Yeah. Stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just keep thinking about it. You're like, what the. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot about that. I remember first, my first time watching this movie, that really, that moment, mm-hmm. when he says it the second time, it's a different, different story. I was like, like, oh, well, this guy is fuck. messed up. Like, yeah. This, this, yeah. But yeah, it's still a good film. And, <laughs> like, one of the cool things about Dark Knight is, though, um, for the Oscars opened up how many pick, num- films can be in Best Picture nomination oh, because really? this did not get nominated yeah. and everyone was pissed. It was oh, nominated. Really? I, I believe it was nominated for, for eight total and it wasn't nominated for Best Picture. And everyone was like, what the fuck? That's, yeah, that's, yeah, I didn't know that. That's interesting. But yeah, yeah. the yeah. legacy of it is just yeah insane. Yeah, yeah I, I, I really like this movie because to me it feels like the the perfect mixture of like deeper concepts but also just like really accessible entertainment. Like mm-hmm. it's And so... Yeah, I think that's what's... Even as we talk about it more, maybe, like, find smaller, like, holes in it. At the base of it, I think it's just a very yeah. well-crafted movie. I think that's where Christopher Nolan really excels. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he just knows how to make something that fits together well. Mm-hmm. That makes general audiences think more about mm-hmm. what, what they're being presented. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, the, I think the Joker is, like, the perfect vessel to, to sort of to explore that. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. That's about it. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, you can fo- follow us, or not not follow, like on Facebook. You can follow I, on, like, on Facebook, I believe, right? I think so. That's a I feel thing. like I always say follow on Facebook, but I... Follow and like <laughs> Follow and like? Yeah. They're, I mean, they're both synonymous, pretty much. Yeah. So. And then find us on Instagram and Twitter at Film Club UW, and then make sure to check out our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Spotify. And... We will have a bunch more podcasts out in the weeks to come. We'll be covering whatever other films that, you know, other people want to cover. Yeah. We'll have a sign-up at our, at our meeting on... This won't go out. This won't go out this, this, oh, won't go out this a, week. Yeah. But every week we'll have a... Every week we will have our sign-up sheets um, for our podcast. And our meetings are every Thursday in Packer... Packer 391. Yes. Yes, I almost said 301. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, thanks again so much for listening. And thank you, thank you Alex, yeah. for joining us. No problem, yeah. no problem. Did yeah, you, wait, did you say the whole spiel about, like, you can find us on Apple? Yeah. Oh, wow, I tuned out. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, Alex, thank you for coming on. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This was really fun. You're a really good guest. Thank you so yeah. much for coming. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. See you guys next week. Bye-bye.